This is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things too. So please come and join us. We hope you enjoy this. This is on the back foot. Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Back Foot with me, Alistair Wood. Joining me today we have Charlie Baker. Hello. Jamie Rutherford. Hello. And Bart Shaw. Hello. How are we doing, boys? It seems like forever since we've all sat down as a four on Zoom and, and had a good catch up. Um, how, how is everybody? Good. It's, a, it's our first podcast of, is it autumn yet? It feels like autumn. Definitely. Like autumn. the heady days yeah. of the summer when we first recorded episode one are, are long gone and it's getting dark now. And Yeah, the heat wave. The heat wave of mid-May. <laughs> mm, that's true. I remember the first episode we all recorded topless, I think, didn't we? Yeah, I think that's right. Wasn't someone in the bath? Probably Charlie. I'm going to put money on it being Charlie. <laughs> Out of interest, how did it go with the electronics, like the recording, when you, did, when you did attempt some recording in the bath and you had like a microphone in the laptop? It sounded I mean, absolutely fine. It was just more that it really went, like the race report that I was reading just really went on. Like I, I, I paused at 14 minutes. Um, for a technical issue, and I, uh, I then realised that I was only about three quarters of the way through it. So I think I'm going to edit it down, and then maybe we can we can we can we can release them as a special spin-off. I think the only issue yeah. with you reading race reports in the bath is we'll have to put explicit content tags on all the. Um... That is what the Great British or international public want to hear. I mean, I genuinely think don't edit it down, babe. Yes. You do it splashing and everything. You know your little yeah. yellow. Squeaky duck. Well, yeah. I, might, I might be able to find the file and I could do like a little cheeky snippet, like a little teaser for Ooh. people. Get a little 30 seconds out there and then I'll, I'll record a full one. That sounds great. I'm awaiting with bated breath for this. This does sound very good, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I want to give a shout out to Joe Farnell. Because yeah. uh, anyone that's listening um, might have seen recently on, on our Instagram page that uh, Bart and I were in the Lake District at the weekend helping out uh, Joe Farnell, who's a friend of the podcast, uh, totally runner, local fellow rescue uh, volunteer. And yeah, he did a Bob Graham round and he absolutely smashed it. It, was, it wasn't the best of conditions, to, to put it lightly. And he set, out with a, he set out with a 22-hour schedule, which is if achieved, you know, really, really good time. But he actually came back in in like 19 hours and 40, 40 minutes and he absolutely nailed it. And it was just a really solid day out, really impressive to be running with him. So, Joe, if you're listening, well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chapeau, so hats off. ahead of his schedule that people kept turning up late to, um, to the uh, changeovers, didn't they, Jamie? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I was I was on t- oh, with your uh, three hour round trip to Wasdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what? You drove round to Wasdale for what? Leg four. Well, I I mean I I ran uh, leg two, and finished leg two at Dunmail and handed handed you, Joe. Over you were to- on time for leg two, weren't you? By how yeah. much? <laughs> I was on time. I was on time for leg two. I, I met Joe in Threlkeld and Joe set off. It was perfect timing. <laughs> Um, and I handed handed Joe over to Bart for leg three and you know leg three traditionally you plan for about six hours and so I thought okay I've got enough time to uh to go back to my hostel where I was staying grab a kip have a shower have breakfast and then 
pick up uh, Rachel, my girlfriend, and then Bart's wife, Big Rach. Um, and then I was like, we've got enough time to drive over to Wasdale and we can all go and see them come through, have a nice, you know, stand about, watch them descending down from Scarfell. And then we can pick up Bart as well, because I don't think Bart was expecting us to be there. We're like, we'll go and, you know, I'll go and say well done to Bart for running with Joe. And so based on Joe's schedule, he was going to get there at uh, 11. I think if, if he stayed on target, he'd be there at 11 in the morning. So we set off perfect timing. We're maybe running a little bit late, but we're like, we will get there for for 11. So we'll either see them as they just as they arrive or, you know, catch them in the in the transition area, so to speak. Um, and as we're driving down the side of Wasdale, Big Rage just goes, oh, there's Bart driving past. <laughs> <laughs> and Bart, Bart, had, Bart had obviously finished ages ago, jumped in the, uh, in the support car and was leaving Wasdale. And we got there and it was empty. Everyone had gone. And then, of course, you don't get any signal in Wasdale. And um, yeah, and then it turned out that Joe had absolutely smashed it. It probably arrived into Wasdale half an hour ahead of schedule, had a yeah. quick break oh. and then left at 20 to 11. So we were... We just had a nice trip to Wasdale, looked at the car park, then got back in and drove all the way back to back to Hamilton. Oh, and it's as as lovely as Wasdale is and scenic as it is. That drive is oh. probably one of my least favourite drives in the whole country. Yeah, we saw some sights. Uh, it just goes on. It's it's such a such a weird one. But what an absolute monster effort by Joe! Yeah. Like, obviously on on that leg bar, you know, for those I guess that that don't know them that well, is I guess if you're supporting the leg, it's, it's one is you know you're there to help carry things and whatnot, but it's also kind of running ahead, picking lines, making sure they're finding the bogs and stuff. Yeah. Um, how was there any point where you were like Joe, we're we're like 45 minutes ahead of schedule here? Do you want to back it off at all, or was it was Joe just like right, no, let's move? So there is. Uh, so those of you who don't know me, I've actually, do you know what? Since the weekend, I have actually, I have got a <gasps> watch, but I'm not the I'm not the best at timekeeping or uh, just like being very clued up or on it about my running anyway. So I, that wasn't my role was definitely not okay. Watching the <laughs> watching the clock and seeing how he was on schedule. Uh, Matt, the other supporter, was. Very much on top of that. He and Joe knew all the lines anyway. Uh, I did very little navigation apart from, as Jamie said, picking, making sure that Joe didn't fall in any bogs by um, going into them myself first so we could see. Where very good of you. Very good of you. I nearly backfired. I nearly needed rescuing uh, when I went in up to my nipples in one. Um, but, uh, but it was okay. No, he was just he was just flying. He was eating quite. He was eating loads. Pizza. Little shout out to uh, Kim Collison there. Mm. I think you know that paid off for Joe. Um, Belgian waffles. Oh that, yeah, Stroot waffles. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that makes me want to do a Bob just for the waffles. I do actually. Talking about Joe's eating habits, I do want to call Joe out. So Joe, if you are listening, sorry about this, but I remember when, it must be four or five years ago when I sort of just met Joe through the shop and he'd done Dig Deep 30, I think it was, which is a Peter Strict kind of um, endurance race. And I remember he he came in a bit later than he'd wanted to, finishing. And I said, oh, how was it? He, oh, no, it was all right. I, just, I, was, I was good till mile 12. And then all of a sudden it just, my stomach went and it was just really odd. And I was like, oh, bugger, that mile 12, well, that, that's coming just out of Edale. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I dropped down into Edale, stopped at the aid station, had a quick rest, a bite to eat, and then cracked on. And half an hour later, I was just, you know, bent over on the top of just complete guts gone, just couldn't move. And I was like, oh, wow. Did you, not, you know, not eating enough at the aid station? Oh, no, I ate plenty at the aid station. Well, what did you have? Oh, well, I had four pan of chocolates, um, a Cornish pasty, and two full-size Snickers. <laughs> 12 miles in. 12 miles in, and then ran up a really okay. steep hill. And for some reason, his guts were hitting. So, Joe, I, I, it's good to hear you've learned your lesson, Joe, if you are listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was getting through that sort of quantity, but spread out over, <laughs> yeah. over the course of four hours, rather than <laughs> the, all at once. No, you really made it seem like and effortless. Cheerful the whole way around as well, which is great. Yeah, yeah cheerful and effortless. There yeah. wasn't any point when we ran. So, you know, uh, leg two. Leg two is not the, necessarily the most demanding of, of the legs, um, but it's still got some hard climbing in it and things like that, and the, and the, and the weather conditions were made it harder. But he yeah. just never seemed... He just never seemed to stop. He said a couple of times, oh, I'm not feeling very good oh, you know, this is getting really hard. But he just kept ploughing on. And, like, if he hadn't said anything, you wouldn't have been able to tell. And mm. I think he's yeah. I think he's just really hard, you know? Yeah, like, he's, he's nails. Really he's hard. a good lad. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Fair, fair play. Well, so on, on that, obviously, you know, I think the story of basically the whole series has been these kind of endurance challenges from friends of ours and kind of, I guess, um, people in, in the media. But I think actually since we've released our last podcast, which was probably a good five, six weeks ago, there's been yet more ridiculous challenges I think obviously John I think just as we released the last one John Kelly was setting off on his grand round attempt or very soon to be um obviously after he, he tried it earlier on in the year and he, he absolutely smashed that and I think there's been a fair few others that um have been pretty incredible again it's just had, been had the summer of amazing feats female Bob Graham record when we last released something that was quite recently there's been yeah. a new female 24-hour late district Records, Finley Wild, oh. new Ramsey record, yeah. solo and unsupported. Uh, Donny yeah. Campbell, did is it Donny Campbell, Don Campbell that ran all the Munros? Mm. That's a great one. Do you know what I like about that one the most was that uh, Spike, who's a Dark Peak runner, had the previous record, and he went out to support him, and. They were, they ran up this hill. I don't know which one it was. Ran up this hill, terrible visibility, couldn't really see anything. And you know what a lot of British mountains are like, you know, the top isn't a kind of, you know, a, an obvious pinnacle. It's a flat bit with a few different piles of stones in various bits of it. So they got back down to the road and I must have looked at their watches or looked at, or, or looked at the tracker and realised they'd been about, 100 metres away from the actual summit of this Munro. Uh, and so just in this like terrible weather, turn round, back up, tick the actual summit, and uh, and Spike, the previous record holder, has gone back up with him to... Oh, well, I just think that's brilliant. Yeah, that, that, I think that sums the sport up, doesn't it? Yeah, in a nutshell. What about. I've actually, I've just seen another one, actually. I've read about it today. I was at work. Um, James Forrest who's broken the Wainwright oh. self-supported record. Um, so wow. no support whatsoever. Um, and he's done all 214 Wainwrights. I think it was about 14 days, so two weeks. But kind of on a kind of a fast hike and fast pike style thing that's completely self-supported. Um, yeah. No support whatsoever, which is just... I think that was... Uh, the Wainwright, I think, is about 350 miles or so. 
Um, That's solitary confinement, that. Yeah, well, yeah, just pretty. No- and again, with the conditions, obviously, he's been out in the conditions. You know, Joe was in at the weekend and stuff. So doing that at the same time is just, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been a new female Cooling Ridge Traverse record oh, set. Kelly Roberts. Um, that's pretty impressive, I think. What's um, a ridge real sort of like mountaineering. And Cooling Ridge is a big ridge off for the west coast of Scotland, isn't it? What island yeah. is it on? It's on the island of Skye. Uh, and it is, I mean, I say it's only about 14 miles from one end of it to the other. But there's a lot of, basically, there's not many places where if you fell, there'd be a happy outcome. <laughs> um, and uh, it's very scrambly. There's lots of little bits of rock climbing in it. Um, it's a really in, impressive thing to have done. Oh, I love it. How, how about everyone else? What, what have, you know, obviously we, we're talking about people going out and doing crazy records and stuff. And, you know, I know a few of us had some races booked in this year. And has anyone got any things lined up again? Or are we all kind of playing with baby Beth Bakes? I know this is probably a sore subject. I know you've kind of entered a few and, you know, been jilted at the altar, as it were, by the race organisers. So where, where are you at with races at the moment? I'm going to find out next week whether I've got a marathon. So it's basically like the race organiser seems like a lovely chap from his email. Someone is trying their best to put on a marathon, basically, which I really appreciate because when you start training for a marathon and then you get a date for one and you come quite close to that date and then it gets cancelled, it's a bit of a, a bit of a bugger. So Michael Harrington, who is part of Run Cheshire, is a race director and he's, he's just written a really lovely email to us and where does it say the important date on it is... Yeah, so Friday the 11th, there is a duathlon going on down in Wrexham or across in Wrexham, somewhere in Wales. And then if that goes, if that goes ahead, then hopefully it'll give the green light to right, get ready for this. I have, been, I have managed to sneak myself a place or blag my way into something called the Wrexham Elite Marathon. <laughs> which is like totally at odds with the strap line of this podcast isn't it <laughs> it really is yeah. you'll have, to, you'll have to choose it's one or the other Charlie you can't yeah. be an elite runner and steer on an elite podcast <laughs> well, well we'll see how it goes because the description of the marathon is um, they would like the gentleman to run under 2 hours and 40 minutes yeah and they would like the ladies to run under 3 hours and what's your PB, Charlie? Are you going to wear a wig and a dress? <laughs> Two hours, fifty-nine, fifty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. 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 Well, so we'll go on. Either, either you get a PB, and you're not allowed to do the podcast anymore, or it goes horrendously wrong, and we take the piss out of you on the podcast for two more yeah, years. Brilliant. <laughs> They're going to be like a, a bus to sweep you up, a kind of two forty-one bus. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this podcast in December of 2020, and there's only three of us, three of us yeah. presenting, you, you know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well done, Charlie. But well done on your PB. Yeah. Well done, Charlie. Wherever you are on your PB. So it's seven laps in Wrexham. Oh. With all these like guys are going to go mm. tearing off, and. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm going to try and keep my cool and uh, just see if I can get a PB. I've already come up with a tactic. If it's seven laps, let them lap you and then just do a lap short. Just pick, pick them up at the end. I have a <laughs> feeling they might, yeah, they might have some way of... Oh, <laughs> next episode is on cheating. Yeah. <laughs> As the word takes you through his favourite performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> on that, actually, I've been, I've been listening to a... Taxi rides during marathons. <laughs> I've been re- listening, yeah. actually, on that. I've been listening to... Bart's still going, Ali. Sorry, he's still going. Sorry, sorry, Bart. I can keep cutting you off. Go again, Bart. Go again. Uh, I'll say next week. <laughs> next week, Alistair... Oh, I it's gone. The moment's gone. Oh, Sorry. Oh. I, w- I was gonna say I've been listening to another sports podcast. Um, it's not as good as ours, don't worry. Um, called the so- the socially distant sports bar, um, which I actually highly recommend. It's Ellis James, comedian, and a couple of other comedians, and they just go through every week on basically their favourite sports documentaries or a new book they've read about sport, and they take a humorous look at it. But talking, they they were look- talking about um, Icarus. Um, a sports documentary. You're all nodding. I think you've probably all seen it. And if people haven't at home, check it out. I think it's on on Netflix. But it, it's about sort of doping in in cycling and this sort of very good amateur goes through an EPO EPO program and how to beat the EPO test. And as much as without you, giving a spoiler it, away, that's like that's not even it. That's no, like exa- well, this is it exactly. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So if yeah, highly recommend it, people. Well, ahead of my marathon in Wrexham, potential marathon, I have, you know, acquired a few Russian friends. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, I was hoping, I was really hoping there, Bates, you were saying, I've, I've acquired a film crew to <laughs> access all areas. What's the Man City one called? Oh, yeah. All or nothing. All, all or nothing. nothing. All or no, nothing with Charlie Baker, elite marathoner. Nothing, <laughs> or, nothing or even less. <laughs> so yeah it, it's really funny because there was a bit in the, the the podcast with with mandy that i shamelessly let in as editor where she said something about the players being she's very very complimentary as mandy she said something about the players being in awe because basically because i can run continuously for more than 20 minutes at a reasonable speed and i think yeah okay so maybe sometimes they're in, they're impressed about my you know, commitment to running and some elite, elite athleticism. But they're also they're also just fucking perplexed <laughs> <laughs> by me on a daily basis. You, well, we all we, we all are. I think every listen to this podcast is Charlie. It's not just pro footballers at Sheffield Wednesday. And 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 there's this there's this nickname that I've been given, which is uh, we were we had to load the bus, the uh, minibus after games with all the kit, and me and my friend Ben were just putting stuff on. I was just just gently bashing around in the background. He just looked at me and was like, it's just chaos of you, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, but it's not like aggressive. It's sort of like a, you know, it's like a slow chaos. And now that has become my like tagline. <laughs> so like people just refer to me as slow chaos now. Slow chaos. <laughs> That's like a, a wrestling name. <laughs> <laughs> That's slow chaos. But for what it's worth, Charlie, I say obviously you've mentioned there who who we've got on the on the show today, and I wasn't there during the records, and I've listened to it back, and I, if I'm honest, I did notice this is the first one you've edited, 
and there was a nice section of <laughs> how great Charlie is and how, how brilliant his athleticism <laughs> is. I was, I was listening earlier in the car going, oh, shameless. <laughs> leave that, I'll just leave that one in there. That was some great content there for the listeners. <laughs> so, yeah, so when you're listening to the interview in about 20 minutes' time, when you get to that point, listeners, yeah, just, just have a smug smile when Charlie's left that bit in for himself. <laughs> Charlie... You, you've mentioned already who who we are, who we've got as our special guest. But for the listeners that might not know who we're about to speak to, do you want to do a little introduction so they know what 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 they've got in store? So we have we have Mandy Moore as our guest, and Mandy is uh, she is a stalwart of Totley Athletic Club. She has been she's been with the club for she estimates about twenty years now. She is one of the finest social secretaries, I'm assuming. I wasn't under her under guidance, but I have been under her tutelage since. Um, she is someone who just brings so much positivity to our podcast with, with this episode. Um, I think she, she shows us what running is all about when you go and join, join, a like, you know, join a club for that real club atmosphere. And I think that was the most inspiring thing that, that, that was in it. And then, yeah, she, she also blows a bit of smoke up uh, myself. And she, that's because we work together at, at Sheffield Wednesday Football Club where she's the podiatrist and, and sort of agony aunt. She just comes in and uh, it, it's, it's nice to have a female uh, personality in, in the building. And, yeah, she's, she's become a good friend in the time that I've uh, known her at work. And as you can see, she's a, she's a really good podcast guest. So I think a lot of people will get a lot out of it. Amazing. Well, well, without, without further ado, let's listen to what they've got to say. Well, my, my hopes for this episode are is that we find that Mandy's actually much better than Ali and become <laughs> part of On the Back Foot, part of the four. <laughs> I'm just looking at the pictures in the background. Yeah, so we've got Blues Brothers and the picture here, the football one. Yeah, I'm wondering... That going to be Sheffield United because you are a divided family, aren't you, Mandy? Mixed marriage. Not just football, but also Dark Peak and Totley. I know. Yeah. Actually, he he resigned from Dark Peak. Of course, he can't runs anymore. But we're both lifelong members of Totley, so there's only one way I can get out of Totley, and I'm not doing that just yet. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get into Totley, Mandy? How did you um, did you start running? through Totley or have these been running before and then found Totley or how did it all work? Um, it was Andrew who got me into Totley because he was already running with Dark Peak and I'd just been going and taking the kids to like uh, fun runs and then one day they went mum we don't need you and I was like what do I do and Andrew said we're well, gonna have to join the big girls and I was like well how do you find a club? Um, and obviously, you don't go to Dark Peak unless you're going to be able to keep up. So he said Totley were really friendly. And I remember rocking up one November evening 20 years ago. I reckon it's 20 years this year. And going, you Totley, hello. And um, they were just lovely. And it was great because they ran Tuesday, Thursday, and he ran Wednesday. So, it fits so do you remember that. your first club run, Mandy? I do. It was at the HSBC. And it was Norma Betts and Pauline Straw who were there. Um, Brian Marshall was still running, Pat Corrigan, 
Um, yeah, and I remember the first few runs, I was like, I won't come, I'm really slow, I'm really sorry, I'm holding you all. And they said, you will keep going. And of course, now it's me that's the one going, come on, you'll be all right. <laughs> Isn't it lovely how things go round? So yeah. had, you, had you not done any running at all before that, Mandy, you know, or, or just like jogged, jogged around with your kids or were you a complete like no, no runner at all? Uh, just jogged around with the kids. So you could, um, you could jog when you got to Totley, but maybe just you didn't think yeah. you were very fast. Is that what it was? I've never, well, I'm, I've always been sporty, but I wasn't a gym bunny. Um, but I, I wasn't, I didn't run regularly. Um, it was, yeah, I ran with the kids and then just rocked up with Totley and did my best. And I just didn't think I would be able to do six miles. Mm-hmm. It seemed a hell of a long way, yeah. And now you think, you was that before breakfast. It's funny, isn't it, how things change? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So I, I wasn't a runner before I joined Totley now. I wouldn't care. And now it's what, our lifeblood, isn't it? What was your sport of choice, Mandy? Uh, as a kid, I used to play hockey for school. And then when I went down to London, um, it was probably pineapple dance or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what you did. <laughs> Say that again, man. Pineapple what? Pineapple dance. What is that? <laughs> it was a dance studio in Covent Garden. It was the days of aerobics. <laughs> it was the trendy place to be when you were in London. Um, so I, was never, yeah, I was never a slob, but I was not a runner either. Was that a way to make things a bit cooler by putting an exotic fruit in the uh, title? <laughs> and stick it in Covent Garden, yeah. It was very cool in those days. <laughs> Perhaps we should rebrand as like Mango Totley Running Club or something. Yeah. <laughs> now, would you do a lovely mango beer, if that's any help? Okay. When would you have started doing your um, excellent race reports that I've seen in the Totley magazine? <laughs> yeah. When did, they, when did they start? So just, just for the listener, this is, I think, what is definitely what I associate almost most with you, Mandy, is we have a club magazine. And uh, people um, send in articles and then it gets, you know, gets sent around the club members. And it's always a cracking read. Really, really good. But every issue, there's at least three or four articles from you, Mandy. And they're all, all brilliant. They're all like off the wall, quirky, like weird races you've been to. <laughs> when did that start? I, I just love the idea of this magazine. But... When the magazine started, it was two pieces of A4 paper stapled together. Um, and then one night in the pub after a run, the guy that was doing it said, oh, I'm giving up the magazine. I went, I'll do it. And I turned it into the A5 magazine. Oh. And there was Mark Wilson and I, and we started having to fill it. And it just seemed, it's my character really, isn't it, to talk about the cock-up somebody did or what daft clothes they were wearing. You know, do you really want to know how tiring that hill was or which blade of grass you stepped over? Um, and I remember Colin Lynch had just come to the club. He's fairly shy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, quiet guy. And all I did was take the mickey out of him wearing a blue shirt. And I even called him the Azuri, like yeah. the, the Italian footballers. And straight away, I was like, am I supposed to do this? Everybody loved it. So I just went with the flow and um, carried on doing silly write-ups. I think my favourites were always the poems I did for the coastal run in Annick. Did you, did you ever read one of those? 
think we need to hear one. Yeah. Though. Oh, quite, they are quite long, to be fair. I've, <laughs> I've, I've run that race. I've not, not read it, so I'm looking forward to hearing it. Oh, also, uh, is that the race of hearing it? He's come armed. Brilliant. Can I, just before you do, Mandy, so yeah. talk us quickly, give us a bit of context. What's the coastal running, Annick? And... So the coastal run is hopefully an annual event obviously not this year so i'm just shuffling papers trying to find um it's approximately 40 13 40 miles depending on whether the sea's in or not and it runs from beadnell bay in the north down to almas oh yeah so it's yeah it, it's it along the beach across the beaches yeah, yeah. it goes along beaches oh, dunstanbury yeah. castle uh crestwood halfway it's a really cracking race yeah they that... did it a few years ago it's yeah brilliant. Yeah. Um, I've been running down the beach and people have run up behind me and gone, Ooh, Tockley, are you Jenny Featherstone? And I've gone, No, she's about a mile further off. <laughs> I'm the one that chats at the back. Um, but every year, <laughs> we used to get a caravan. Um, used to go with the team, get a caravan, stay the weekend, and whoever was in the race, I would write a poem. I'd include every single one so you'd all get a mention. Yeah. And hopefully something that you did in the race. So, for instance, uh, here we go. 18th of July, uh, 2010. The race started on Beadnell Bay. Strong winds blew runners back the wrong way. <laughs> the tide was in, so we all had a dip. Clive went in, went in up to his chest and lost his chip. And it, <laughs> and it goes on, but it would include everybody. Um, you can carry on as far as I'm concerned. This is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Andrew's vest stayed on just a mile. Maria's choice of music made us all smile. The crowd cheered us on halfway at Craster. Mandy scoffed jelly babies and tried to go faster. <laughs> on the road, the winds blew stronger. The tide was in, so the race was a mile longer. Conditions slowed most of us a tad. Except for Navy and Helen, who PBs both had. Eight of us made the Northumberland trip. We ran ourselves apart from Pip. Sorry, we ran as ourselves apart from Pip. Good atmosphere and T-shirt were part of the draw. The author of this poem will ask no more. Love That's it. a double O, R-E. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the usual... at the end, haven't you, Mandy? <laughs> So, yeah, everybody would get um, a mention, and it was just a bit of fun, really. And then I actually found this great picture. I love that. For the audio uh, viewers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. Of a magazine there with a great picture of some of the top leads that we could, we could, sure, we could get emailed over or something, and we could include yeah. it in uh, some of the... It's just such lovely part of the world, um, and that's what running does, doesn't it? You go to somewhere you've never been before, and so then you go, wow, I didn't know this was here. I mean, it's just such a joy, isn't it, to find a new route? Yeah, 100%. And it sounds, Mandy, it sounds like you really enjoy the, the social side of running and the mate you talked about making friends at Totley and, and things. Is that, is that right? Is that, being, is that like the main motivation for you? Or I think that's a wonderful thing. If you don't enjoy doing something, why do it? Um, so if you enjoy running and you're doing it with nice people, isn't that just a blessing? 
Um, and Totley is known for that, for being friendly. And it's called Totley Sports and Social Club, isn't it? Um, some of us use social a bit more than the sport, but I, I think the people are so important. So on a bad day, if it's raining or you've had a shocking day at work, if you're going to see your friends, doesn't that make it easier? Yeah, it well, really does, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. Uh, one of our running club, um, Yvonne Twelve Tree, fabulous vet, 60 runner. Yeah, uh, really good runner. Really good runner, superb woman. In fact, she's closing on on, on a new number next month. Um, she actually said to me just the other day, I rang and said, do you fancy going for a run? Shocking day, rainy, foul. I said, do you know what? If you had to run me and said, put your clothes on, we're going out, she'd have stayed in. But if your friend says, get dressed, we're going out, you'll have fun, won't you? Mm, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've all done it, haven't we? thought, I'll go later, it'll dry up. And it never does. But you won't let your friend down. Yeah. Do you all you find end... that? Yeah, yeah, totally. And you end yeah. up having almost a better time because you're both there, yeah. you know, in the rain, soaked to the skin. Yeah. A... And you... the only thing you can do is have a laugh about it. Yeah. It's almost more of a challenge, isn't it? And if you overcome a challenge, it's better. Yeah. Um, and if you stayed in, you'd be miserable. So if you go out with your friends, you always make you feel happy. Um, and Pat Corrigan is another club stalwart, um, lovely guy, I was coached. And he said to me right at the very beginning, no matter how tired you feel, come running at half past six and you will feel better. Quite right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It'll lift your spirits. You, and you're never that tired that you can't go running. You also do quite a lot of races. And I know because I, I work with, work with you, Mandy, and you will tell me you've got a, you've got a programme. So you'll 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 do a program. You'll write a plan, and and it'll have races targeted. And you'll be saying, "I'm going to Monday. I'm going to Monday. I'm going to do my Pilates, and on Tuesday I'm going to do my longer run. And Wednesday I might get out on the bike. And it's it's all it all starts piecing together. So we get this ideas of a of a training program, and you start doing it. And you, apart from this year, where all the races got cancelled, we've had the half, didn't we, last year? Yeah. Yeah. And then you did a 10k where you ended up at Rotherham's football stadium. Not yeah, that away. was brilliant. Yeah. So you're actually, you race a lot, but like you said earlier, yeah. you're, you're chatting at the back. So what is that in the racing for you as well? Cause you love the races, don't you? I, I do love the races and I haven't, I mean, I haven't done as many as the last couple of years. Well, I think it's good to try and do one fairly regularly. It keeps you sharp. There's always a, why do we get a little bit worried or scared at the start? There's always a little bit of fear, a bit of, ooh. Isn't that good for you to do something that makes you a little bit, a little bit scared in life? It's a good challenge, isn't it? Yeah. And get, yeah, it makes you work harder, something that's just a little bit outside your comfort zone and unknown. And you just feel better. And who doesn't love a sprint finish and chatting at the end and it's the debrief isn't it at the end you're going, yeah. how did you do did you miss that did you see that yeah i you, just love it you sold me the barlow i like to call it the barlow 9k because it's yeah. <laughs> under distanced uh, yeah. and you sold me that one because you're like oh, it's great it's just it's, yeah, it's a fun little race and, and you get chips at the end and i was like chips. signing up after the word chips chips yeah <laughs> but it always sounds like you go for the crack as well and like uh yeah, what's the point of doing something that's arduous? If you can find a race that you really love it and the banter afterwards is great. Um, so one of my favourites is Kimmy Counter. 
Um, it's out at Rotherham, but hardly anybody goes. They're probably me and Colin Lynch. Um, I usually get second in my category. I never quite beat that woman who's the other one. We get chips at the end. It's fabulous. Right. I'm on that um, one as well now. <laughs> yeah. We missed that. Yeah, a theme that. here that the, 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 the best races are uh, ones with chips at the end. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely relate to that. And it's one of the reasons I like bell racing so much. Yeah. The, the cake and the beer and all Chip that. Chip Afterwards, exactly. Have there been any <laughs> other highlights over your, over your 20 years of racing? I mean, it usually is the banter afterwards. So the one on the canal where I raced to um, Rotherham Football Club, um, you did a loop round, not quite around the stadium because Sheffield Wednesday were just about to arrive, so they wouldn't let me in. So I had to go. <laughs> you, at the end of that race, you've got cake and a choice of Prosecco or Budweiser. And it was on a Saturday. I mean, it's a win-win, isn't it? It's amazing. And there's another one coming up, hopefully, at Christmas. So they're the, just the nice little niche races. It's like Crestbrook Crawl. They give you a pint of beer and chilli at the end. You're Bollington. Do you know Bollington? Riveton Bollington? That's Not another bad. one. It's a Saturday lunchtime. Beautiful scenery. Very grassy fields. Gorgeous. And again, at the end, you get a bowl of chilli yeah. and stuff in the brewery car park. Really? Right, that's moved above the canter. Yeah, I was totally sold. <laughs> okay, yeah. 2021's race calendar is going to be the, uh, the, yeah, the food options. The culinary tour of... of yeah. Because <laughs> then you end up sitting and chatting to people at the end, don't you think? That was great. You know, it was, oh, I just love all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or, wait, another favourite, where you jump through a river. Yeah. Yeah? yeah? Board crossing. Grindleford's. That's a good one. My first ever race, that part. Was that my your first fellow race? Was it? It wasn't my first. It was definitely yeah. you know, for one of the one of the first, let's say. It was that brilliant. Was... Just the, the novelty value of it's quite deep. Yeah. It's, it's not like you're not You um... think it's deep? What do you think it is for me? <laughs> <laughs> definitely you think, thought... you think you're gonna run across it and you end up, you know, up to your waist and basically swimming. <laughs> I, Andrew took me years ago, so I think we're probably talking, maybe we are talking 20 years ago. And he said, this is a great race. It's only four miles. I was like, oh, I can run four miles. Obviously, two miles is up, a yeah. few inches flat, and then two miles down. I thought, this is fabulous. You run through a river, and then you get a 100 metres glory sprint finish. Brilliant. And I went back to Totley the next it's always on a Thursday so the following Tuesday went back to the club run and I was going oh my god I've just done this race and hardly anybody in Totley were fell runners in those days they were mainly roadies and yeah. somebody said straight away oh she's one for Pat Goodall she likes the hills and that was it I was hooked on doing the fell races <laughs> it's amazing isn't it because because now I mean Grindleford fell race uh, oh. you can't get on it like you have to you have to. It, it, I don't think they um they really totally oversubscribed. Yeah, it's like four or five hundred people do it every year. Oh, it really is. Back. I mean, I'm just trying to think now. 2003, I definitely did it. Yeah, yeah and I put and on my list. I put yes, definitely. I always put if I want to do it again or not. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are there Another... any races that didn't that you 
that you did and you think definitely not you know that was so bad i had such an awful time when's it really gone wrong man yeah oh helen chase went badly wrong one year what's helen chase because it's a quite iconic race isn't it so helen chase is i believe um the oldest fell race in the world is that right yeah that's what they they claim isn't it that's what they claim isn't it jamie what would you say, 18-something? Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing like 1800s when they've, when they've mentioned yeah. it before, on the, on the, which, which seems incredible, but yeah, it's not, it's not impossible, is it? And I think it was one of those bets, wasn't it? Two guys in a pub that said, I can race you from here to Stannington Church and back. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be one of those challenges in a pub, but it really is so steep, isn't it? I think the whole race is four miles. Yes, and it sure. pretty much is two down and two up, or a mile down, a mile up, and then reverse. This thing is steep, isn't it? Yeah. And the, there's a the first drop off Den Bank. It, that's you just got to take your brain brain out breaks off, haven't you? That yeah. is just crazy. But the lovely thing with Hound Chase, it's handicapped. So for those of you who don't know what a handicap is, they set the slow ones off first, and the fast people off in uh later um in equal distances or however they work it out so hopefully you all finish together is that what we all understand as handicap yeah that's how they try to do it isn't it yeah so um this so this particular year i should i say i was always one of the first off because i wasn't the fastest um the clag was down it was awful you couldn't even see around the finishing cricket pitch so I ended up being, I think I was first off because everybody else had bailed out. So several women should have been in front of me. The weather was too awful. They'd not turned up. Mandy Moore got moved up to first off, therefore being the slowest of the race. Colin Lynch again comes up to me and says, Mandy, there's a huge silver trophy for the first person to get to the church. You go like absolute crazy, get to that church, Get that cup, don't worry about it on the way back, don't matter what happens, just do the first half of the race. The good way, I set off like an absolute lunatic, threw myself a mile down Den Bank, got to the bottom and went, which way? Where was the marshal? Where was the marshal? I was so fast, I got there before the marshal, and I was like, I honestly didn't know where to go. So I looked, I thought, well, Stannington is up the hill to my left. So I set off left. By the time I nearly reached Manchester, I realised I'd gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, it, there's no room for it ever, is it? It's a very <laughs> linear, linear race route almost, isn't it? You just do take the take the straight line to the steeple, and it's. Um... I should have apparently gone right left. Yeah, but who are you? There was no marshal, so that's when it goes badly wrong when there's no marshal. Yeah. If it wasn't for a slack marshal who was possibly a bit late there, you you might have. Had your name on the trophy. Yeah, yeah. And what was really annoying, my husband and son both got a trophy that <laughs> night. So we could have cleaned up. That was really annoying. That's when it went wrong that year. But anyway, it's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly it goes right though, doesn't it? Mainly it goes right. Yeah. Yeah, but we like on this podcast, we're very um we like the we, we like, like it when it goes wrong. We don't like things <laughs> going wrong. wrong. We like to talk about things going wrong. 
Well, it is an awful feeling, but sometimes it actually then makes you work really, really hard for that little bit. Have you ever missed the start of a race? Do you infer that you have, Mandy? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just the one. So. In Wales, um, where I was promised that the adult race didn't get set off till after the children were back. So I was out on the course supporting my two sons when one of the marshals said, the adult race has just set off. Mm. <gasps> and it was then, do I abandon the kids? What do I do? Do I chase down? So it was an awful feeling so far back, but it made me run so hard, <laughs> try so hard to one, catch up, and two, yeah. think, oh, I'm not going to be behind that person or this. And it really inspired me, actually. So I did end up getting a, a prize for that one. So Amazing. You see? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the way. Start at the back, miss the start of the race. And it inspires you to really, rather than dawdling along, really sort of whips yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you don't have to worry about the marshals not being out on the course either, do you, Mandy? Exactly, yes. This never happens to me. I just usually follow somebody else. Marshals, well. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever marshaled yourself? Yeah. I, 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 I love it. I really enjoy it. I think, I mean... Yeah. I really enjoy running, but sometimes I enjoy just watching other people running and seeing other people having a good race or go, having, I'm not, I don't, I don't enjoy people having a bad race, but, you know, seeing people really working and putting the effort in and then hopefully seeing them at the finish and being pleased. Cause like you say, at the end of the race, you can, you can get back down to the finish and see everybody. And I don't know, you almost, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to help. It's nice to feel like in some way you might have even, like vicariously helped someone on their way to a good run. It's, yeah, it's really cool. I, I really enjoy it. I think, yeah, I think marshals can really help if they're a good marshal. It's not just about sticking your hand out and going turn left here. It is about encouraging those that need it. Mm. Um, and even if they just shout, come on toply, because that's nicely written on our vests. Yeah. It, it's personalised support and it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. lovely to have support, yeah. And particularly, I, I always think on those awful weather days, you know, maybe up in the Lake District or or somewhere like that, and they're they're you know they're at the mercy of the elements for hours, yeah. and they've always got a, like a kind word or a bit of encouragement. Yeah. What kind words or encouragement did they have for you in Buttermere about when you came by in the Brazil shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right? Should we call a helicopter? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it if marshals, it's so hard if it's a really busy race, but that in a way is what you're there for. And if they can personalise it or I think it's great. I mean, I've, I've been known to stand on a race or half marathon with the cowbell and I've come home and I've been sore in the voice and my hands are tired. I've been more tired marshalling because she puts that much into helping somebody else. But it's been great. I love marshalling. It's really good. Yeah. It was a big list of Higger on a race in January uh, last year, and you were at the top, man, me giving it. Like, yes! Oh, I, was, I mean, the wind was hitting me, and then the noise. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done Dan, Dan Flask? You know, the relays at Dan Flask? Oh, brilliant. That's the, it's the noise, <laughs> and you can hear the finish, can't you? The noise from the finish before you could see it. Doesn't that just lift you? Yeah, you're coming down this steep hill, and you think, How much further? How much further? How much, I've got to keep pushing, and you think, oh, Come on, 
then you hear the noise and you know you haven't got far to go. The noise of the crowd just lifts you, it's brilliant. Yeah. Totally. It's such a buzz. That that's sort of, I I really like that sort of race. Just because so it's a damp blast because it's a relay, you do a loop around this reservoir. It's 5k or something. It's quite a hilly 5k actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but then at the start and finish, because it's every club in South Yorkshire, there's hundreds and hundreds of people. And like you say, there's like a real crowd spectator noise. And I always find, I don't know about you lot, whenever I set off on my leg at Dan Flask, I just, you know, keeping it up, yeah, I sprint so hard because I'm so like fired up by the, <laughs> the supporters. It's like keeping it steady is just impossible. You've just got to keep it steady until you get around that first bend and then no one can see you and then you can just ease off massively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little hill as well, isn't there? Yeah, you yeah. come around the bend. Everyone does it. Like, oh God, Everyone does it. <laughs> it's, all, it's all hills though, isn't it? There's, there is no flat. When you yeah. say describing now to listeners, a dam, dam flat, you think, oh, it's flat. No, it's not. It's so hilly. <laughs> It's got to be, yeah. It's uh, definitely one of the things about living in Sheffield is it's hard to find a flat, a yeah. flat place to run. Throwing out the format just for a second, Mandy. What, what about? Have you had a race where you think it's actually all come together? And can you remember a race where you just thought that really was my day or your proudest moment racing? Because I think that'd be quite nice to hear with all the races that you've done. Um, it's it's probably quite strange, really. One absolute you know when you've got a target and you absolute smash it was probably the Sheffield half marathon when I got under 150 and I was only ever aiming for under two you know yeah. when you suddenly actually have that moment and you and it was helped by um somebody that used to run with Totley and she'd been an established runner and wasn't at sort of racing at, at, she wasn't at her peak anymore and she held me back for three miles. Not yeah. physically, but she said, steady way, steady way, don't go off, don't go off, don't go off. And at three back. miles, she said, how, how do you feel? And I went, great, go. Um, and that was one of the, I just remember now getting home still and going, yes, it was so lovely to have and just overachieved, yeah. That but moment when you, when you turn around the corner and you see the clock on those, and, oh. when you, and you know you're, you had a target and you can see you're ahead of it. It's brilliant. It, it, is, it is fabulous, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. And another one was um, the last time I did the Exterminator. It's had many formats of being the Terminator and Tormentor and various <laughs> names. I've done it in every guise, but I did it for the last time. Do you know, it's going to be six years ago. And again, it was just like, just get round. My husband Andrew cycled from point to point cheering me on. One of the other very good club mail runners, Richard Snowden, had given me all little pointers which had got in my head. And it was just this amazing feeling when I was like, I've smashed this. <laughs> and um, Andrew, I remember Andrew getting back into the field and he spoke to Richard Snowden and Richard said, oh, I just hope Mandy's doing all right. Again, it's this lovely club camaraderie that we all think of each other. Yeah. And uh, Richard's going, oh, I hope Mandy's doing over. I wonder where she is at this point. And Andrew said, I've just passed her. I've just cycled past her. She's already coming across the top. And I was on my way home. And again, I was absolutely thrilled. It was just great. I loved it. And it was just like everybody helped each other. Club camaraderie is fabulous. 
Manny, were you Sheffield half? Was that the old route finishing at Don Valley or was yeah. that? Yeah. That was the old one. Yeah, that was you the old one. Come into the stadium knowing that you were on course, ran around the top of the stadium, didn't you? And you came in the bottom and then you ran the, the tunnel. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then a hundred meters to glory. Well, it was even better because again, another um, totty runner, Amy Stoddard, I don't know how she was behind me because she was, I considered a better runner. And she caught me up on that. There was a dreadful long run in two or three miles down the old steelwork route. It was quite yeah. a boring bit going it's to the old Don straight. Valley. Very straight, very built up, not a lot of supporters. Yeah. Tall steelwork buildings either side. And yeah. this other lady runner caught me up and said, come on, we're going to be under 150. And I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> I hadn't realised at that point. Um, that, was a, that was wonderful. So it's always been sort of a team effort. Mm. When I've done something really well, there's been other totter people that have always been there helping me. It's, it's, it, that's why it's such a great thing, isn't it, running the entire club or somebody else's club? Totally. It's, it's supportive. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. You'd have all had that, won't you? A great run that you just thought, wow, that was great. Mm. Yeah, I'm yet, I'm yet to experience it. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> What about Grindleford Gallop when Andrew meets you on the top and gives you some food bar? What about that one? Yeah, that, do you know what? I really I appreciated that. So yeah, Grindleford Gallop, another what, sort of twenty mile Peak District race, and um, uh, I was in a world of pain there, Mandy. That wasn't a race that had gone particularly well. Struggling, <laughs> I cramp. I was by the end, like ah, oh, no, it didn't go well. <laughs> but the food and the drink that uh, Andrew left, he, he was on his bike, and I remember he saw me coming and he just put his, he, he had a drinks bottle and just put it down on the ground for me. Uh, and again, it's a lot like you're saying, it's that camaraderie, it's that yeah. feeling of, ah, oh, you know, someone from from my club or that knows me or whatever yeah. has, has done something kind to help me out. And it is yeah. nice, it did give me a massive lift that. I think I might have struggled to get to the finish without. And it got you back, yeah. Some did help you and it got you back. That's yeah. the lovely thing with running. It's it's a community, isn't it? Yeah. Somebody in nobody's gonna leave you. Somebody would always go, Are you all right? Can, you know, I love the camaraderie. I love what another thing which I think is brilliant, which you guys probably haven't experienced. Many a time when you're probably cooling down and you think it doesn't really matter. When you're cooling down and you run past or out towards me or the back markers and you cheer us on, that is fabulous. It's like the army, isn't it? You make and you bring everybody home. I've always loved that. People just the fast guys will be running out and give you that boost to get you back. I think it's fabulous. Yeah, it's like a platoon spirit, isn't it? All in. I, I love it. I, I've had so much benefit from being in a club and the support of other people. Which is why now I try and go. Um, our club started, they call it the beginners group. It's part of England Athletics, Athletics England. Uh, so it, it is literally a beginners group that encourages people to start running. Um, and we do that on a Thursday morning. And I've started going along. I know I'm not a beginner, but I enjoy helping those other people. That's when they don't. We've had some real successes as well. Just yeah. yeah. Yeah, hadn't run before and then I've ended up doing half marathons and, and yeah. marathons and extraordinary, you know, really getting into it. 
we've had ladies that have just had no confidence and now they're doing park runs half marathons and, and it's just a wonderful thing um to be able to give back and pay back and i just just find that community of running is wonderful I, I love it yeah really good park runs especially i think that's such a bonus so many people find that accessible don't they yeah totally so yeah it's got me because, uh, you know, part run is, I guess, reasonably new, isn't it? It must be, you know, a decade old, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And and you mentioned the club, not having many fell runners back in the day. Has the, has the running scene or, or the club scene changed much over the years? Are there things that are new? Are there things that are different now from compared to 20 years ago when you started? I... Personally, for, for Totley, I think we've come on so much. It was a really small club, always very friendly. I think we were definitely perhaps a bit more sociable or not as serious or not as successful as other clubs. And now we are equally, if not better than other clubs. And we have people of all levels, ages, sizes, abilities. But we never used to have the real top fast people. And we do now. Um, we have the improvers. It used to be Jan's improver session, which was something she, it's like a little speed session where um, you put in particular, how would you describe it? Particular little sessions to just encourage you to go faster, but we yeah. call it improvers. So not to scare people off. It's like you'll find, would... find a hill on some, one of the steeper streets of Sheffield. And you know, if you, if you go and walk up that hill on the wrong Thursday night, there'll be, you know, 20 or 30 sweaty, sweaty yeah. totley runners sort of smashing it up and down as fast as they can. That's been such an asset because other people said, I want to go to totley because they do that particular session. And it's encouraged everybody to get faster rather than just go for a nice little social run. So that was definitely a big change to the club. That was, that was really, really good. Um, I don't think socially we go in the pub and socialise afterward as much as we used to do that used to be a definite after every training session you'd go into the pub only for a couple of drinks not all night nothing getting drunk anything like that just it was more of a social than a debrief and I don't think we necessarily do that as much as we used to do but things have changed people are busier at work lifestyles they're getting old there's lots of reasons for that but it would just be nice to have perhaps one night where we socialised a bit more and we got to know each other a bit better. But then again, that's maybe coming from this year when we haven't seen as much of each other. And we're much bigger, so we can't suddenly get 300 people in a club, in a, in a pub at night. Yeah. So that's definitely changed. Yeah, I think, like, obviously, coming, coming into the club, so I've been a member of the club for two years, um, I, I don't I don't really know you that well as much as as some of the other members in the club money and I guess it's because of h how we all do our different running um but yeah I think I think like you say the the, the social aspects is something that's that's always really important and I think I well I know what our club social secretary is involved in this podcast but I I think I got to know you a lot better just to, yeah at the uh, at the prize evening this year when we were sat together and it's it's really good crack to just to meet people and not even to talk about running as much, but just to, just to chew the fat sometimes about, yeah. 
about all the other stuff that comes with it. And I'm definitely, I've been guilty of, you know, going, going along to a totley session and then going home straight away after because I'm not eating or something like that. But yeah, the last few months have really shown me that it's, you know, you miss people, don't yeah. you? Yeah, do miss how, people. Yeah. How have you found it, Mandy? How have you found running during lockdown? Have you, have you kept it going? Have you taken a break? I have. I have. I was, um, I loved lockdown at first, quite weirdly. This social person, I loved the peace. And the time to reflect, it was kind of, wow, this is, this is calm and lovely, no traffic. So I've always been a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday runner. And I thought, I've got to try and stick to that. So I have. Um, and I've made little silly exercises and fun uh, with my running. So one time was I ran out and I found a road. And the, the name of the road had to start with one of the letters of my name. So I had to find an M and an A and an N and a D and a Y. And that was just a silly thing. Just anything to keep. Because you couldn't, you couldn't bring your friends and go running with your friends early on in lockdown, could you? Everything you did was on your own and you've got an hour a day. So I found silly little things to do. Um, and then I got a WhatsApp from a guy and it's a group I run with on a Tuesday. And he said, we're going to do what's called a booty run. <laughs> if anybody wants to join in. And every, so for 10 weeks, and literally I've just got the results earlier today. So for 10 weeks on a Monday, this guy, Ian, would send you a list of five items you had to go and find. Starts off quite easy. Um, there was a duck on the water, a football pitch, a church, a, a pub, and it got harder. So every week you had to go and find these and you had to get back. It was an honesty thing, but you got to back within an hour. If your time was over the hour, you lost 10 points. And there was all kinds of, if you didn't get each of the five items, you lost 10 points and so on and so forth. So this has been fabulous because I have now become so observant to what's around me. I could tell you where an old police station is, where an old penfold is. Do you know what a penfold is? Yeah. No, tell us. Animal storage, isn't it? Something like that. Yes, that's right, Jamie. It's animal storage. A pen, yay. Wow. A, a fold or a pen. So if there were stray animals, you would round them up, chuck them in the pen fold, and then Mr. Baker would have to come along and pay a fine to get his animal back out. I discovered there's one hundred yards down the road at the local church. It's little things like this that we found out about our local area. At one time was uh, wall art. So it literally made me so observant, running around, collecting each week these five items, WhatsApping it back with a little bit of history if you could, and then you gained points. And I've just literally, I've always been on the podium with this because I'm quite good at history. Literally today, we've just got the results and bless him, I won with four other people. So he put us all on it, which is great. It's a really oh, good well result. Awesome. It was yeah, a really but... nice thing to do rather than saying, oh, this person's missed out. Five of us won. And it's just been a really good thing. That's what I've done. Anyway, so what have you been doing to keep yourself running? Well, just just been keeping running. I think that's the main thing. I think we've all had had our ups and ups and downs, I think. But I think for me, it's just been, yeah, just well, kind of like, like, like you said, 
um, at the start, it's it's much easier if you've got someone to go out with. And I know we, we haven't for a lot of that time, but I think for me, it's just been the simple act of just making myself get out the door. Just, yeah. just, just start, start the run. And some of my, some of my runs haven't necessarily always been what I intended to do, but I always feel, yeah, a little bit better for just doing a run, especially when we couldn't go out as much just and mm-hmm. taking, taking the opportunity to get out. Yeah. Um, but I think that's how I've kind of tried to manage it. Yeah, I think, I think it's been, it's probably been good for us all, hasn't it? It's woken us up to different possibilities. Because you do get a little bit stuck in your rut, don't you? Also, and with this... give, the, give the podcast a different episode of Plug as well. Uh, episode two, Tom Beaumont. Oh. He, that was brilliant. He, he really got, sort of got me thinking about, so his thing is he goes out and does these amazing long runs but you know some of them will just be in like a square mile from his house <laughs> just goes across like 200 different <laughs> ways up, a, up the sort of streets by his house there's something you can do you go left out of your house that was another little i think that was sheffield steel city striders running club yeah you have to turn left out your house and keep going left until you come back yeah. and try and do as many of those in an hour and however many loops you might have a really short little yeah, yeah. loop or a really long one and for a long time i was thinking i don't know how to do that so i live in a cul-de-sac but literally i had to run left round the end of the cul-de-sac ra- but it was do you know what it was great because there's <laughs> loads of cul-de-sacs near me that i'd never been down and again i had a good nosy now so it was just going <laughs> left 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 and up silverdale road which again is another fairly moderately steepish hill in Sheffield yeah. by going in and out of all the cul-de-sacs coming all the way back up I thought wow that's broken the hill up <laughs> yeah yeah I've probably given you a proper like a good old workout as well well I, I, I did I do three of them yeah whatever it was I, I could do three of the loops within an hour and the idea is you try and improve it and get better so I think people especially first part of lockdown we're just coming up with imaginative weird like tom weird and wonderful ideas just to keep going yeah (laughs) we've seen a lot of people come towards running as well through lockdown which has been been really nice i think you know a lot of people have got interested in it Uh, i think i've actually seen mandy inspire a lot of runners through during that period because um I don't know if you might be mentioning Mandy, but me and Mandy worked together at Sheffield Wednesday and Mandy can have the whole medical room in her attention with talking about running, which is quite quite fun to watch. And then the lads had a strange break from football where they had to they were left to their own devices and they had to behave like all of us. So you had the Ross Barkley 5K come to light where someone's elapsed time was slightly longer than their 5k but actually a lot of the lads had genuinely found a a, like a love for running and I think it was quite funny because they'd been speaking to Mandy for years as as she'd been looking after their toes and hearing about running in the way that we have for the last uh, however long we've been on tonight and it was it's been really great because I think they seem to appreciate that we love running, don't they, Mandy? But they, I think they also think running's a little bit odd because running to footballers is like a punishment. It's like what you do to warm up, to run around the pitch. It's what you do if you haven't worked hard enough. It's like, why would you do it for a hobby? <laughs> yeah. 
but they've all been trying to improve their 5k times yeah so they've got that little bit between their teeth and there's a few that have said yeah i would really love to do a half marathon or something when i've finished football so um, i think they're always very inspired by charlie as well because they're always inspired by his amazing times and the little bit in awe of him and it's really quite nice to have a footballer in awe of you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was okay. I just babbled on there. No, I, could give you, I could give you so many stories about river crossings or prizes or cup cups or. Well, this is why we. Uh, this is why we thought we'd have you on, Mandy. Wiping the finishing tape out. Have you ever? Have you ever wiped out a finishing tape, a finishing funnel? <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. Yeah, with, with Andrew saying to Richard Snow again, Richard Snowden, she loves this race. Watch her, watch her do this sprint finish. Oh, this bloke's got no chance. And then Mandy wiped out the finishing tape to get past. <laughs> oh, brilliant. well, no, Mandy, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I think <laughs> I think it's been really great to hear again about about your running extensive running career, your passion, <laughs> you know, your passion for running. I think which is the most yeah. important thing. I think that we can all all take away. I think all of our listeners are going to definitely appreciate that and will we'll maybe feel a little bit part of our, our podcast camaraderie as well. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Lovely to see you all. I hope we'll see you all on the hill soon. Yeah, yeah good to fingers see crossed. you. Fingers crossed. Cheers, Mandy. Take, Take care. care. Bye. 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 And there we have it. What an absolute stonking interview. That genuinely got me right in the feels. That made me feel so warm and fuzzy inside about club running and running in general. Um, yeah, I'm gutted I wasn't there, but what an amazing, what an amazing um, thing to listen to. Um, I presume it was pretty awesome to kind of be there and be there in the midst, guys. Yeah, oh, absolutely fantastic. Mandy's such a great character. She's um, very much larger than life and... Uh, it's got good anecdotes and just like you say that sort of you know that feeling of camaraderie that you get from just running with your mates and being part of a club and it's not necessarily about performance or like trying to do this or do that but just just going out having a bit of structure to your week and a bit of socializing and a lot of fun yeah definitely that definitely struck a chord with me yeah, it, it kind of, it, it made, it reminded me of, I can still remember something my brother said to me, I think it was the day before I went to university and I was a bit, you know, jitters about going to university and this, like, and we went to the pub across the road in our local village. And he said to me, all you need to do is join as many clubs as you possibly can mm. and you will make friends. And I, it sounds like quite a Mr. Miyagi kind of, kind of thing. If you've ever met my brother, he's not, he's quite simple. But, <laughs> it, but, it, but it's true. And I think it, it, it's true of, being at school, at university, or kind of in later life, is if you move to a new area, whether it's a running club, a watercolours club, Latin dancing club, is if you join a club, you'll meet like-minded people or some people that, you know, are different to you, but you want to get involved with. I think it's, yeah, it just really encompasses that, I think. I'm interested. What clubs did you join at um, uni? Oh, I went, I went tennis, rugby, lacrosse. Never played lacrosse before, but it looked quite cool. Um... I know why you joined the lacrosse club. Squash. No, it was all it was all overweight rugby players. Right. We didn't, we didn't train with the females, unfortunately. If that's what you're getting at. 
It's why I, I, I started doing an art history A-level without any interest, any interest in it at all for exactly that reason, just because I knew there were loads of girls on the course. It'd be great. Uh, and yeah. And, and how did, did it work out in your favour or? <laughs> no, in no way. I ended up dropping it after a couple of months. <laughs> a couple of months sitting on my own at the back. <laughs> Why does no one like football? <laughs> yeah, I, I did drama and textiles, but just because I like them. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that is. I did. I did textiles actually at school. I, I took that over. I, I think read for that. I was uh, yeah. I wasn't very good at woodwork either, but I I tried to like that. You know, <laughs> to be one but, of the boys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But no, I, I say it was really nice to kind of listen to what you've got to say, and um, I say actually I. I I think I met Mandy, I guess, for the first time about three or four years ago. Um, and I was chatting to her and her husband and I could have, for about half an hour, I can't, we were at one of the top races, I think for half an hour, I couldn't work out for the life of me where I knew her from. You know, when you've got someone's face, like, I know you from somewhere else in my life. And her husband came across, I forgot his name. That's dreadful. Andy. Andy came across. He goes, oh, it's Woody. You're a little Woody, aren't you? And I was like, well, yeah, that's my nickname for when I was a kid. And I played rugby with Louis, which is her son, for about 15 years through Sheffield Tigers Rugby Club. And that's how I knew them. So we'd all of a sudden had this bond through that. And then obviously then it all clicked because Tiger, Tigers Tour was from the rugby club. And that was obviously all through everything. So it was, yeah, this really weird kind of little, little moment. So ever since then, it's, it's been nice to kind of have chats to her again. Like, I think also, like, there's a bit in the podcast where it's sort of like, and then I, you know, and, and that race went really well. And I, I just sort of came in under an hour and 50 minutes for a half marathon or something. Mm. Like, it's actually like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Yes, you are a very social runner. Yes, you have talked about other camaraderie. That's actually, like, that's not shabby at all. That. That's, that's a bloody good time. Yeah, a, yeah. a lot of people would be very happy with that. So, you know, there's also, yeah, there's, the old, the old modesty was in there as well, which is always nice. Nice. I was, I was going to say it's, it's the modesty of club runners, but then not all club runners have a podcast in which they can broadcast professional footballers' praise of them um, over the airways, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, another thing this episode would be brilliant for is having two new nicknames to call you two. Uh, <laughs> slow Chaos. <laughs> Slow Chaos and Little Woody. <laughs> Little Woody. That's because that's my, my dad was Big Woody. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't know what, we don't need to know what circles that was in. Theory <laughs> <laughs> me. Way to bring the tone down, Bart. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm not denying it, so, you know. <laughs> I've got a fiance now. It's too late for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> right on on that. Note, on that bombshell. Yeah. Well, I think this is on that, on that bombshell. Yeah, I think we should call it a day. You've you probably noticed Jamie's had to leave us on this outro, which is probably why it's all got a bit tordid and, and a bit a bit nasty. Um, and Jamie obviously normally signs us out in his very eloquent way. Yeah. And I don't think without him we'll be able to do it justice. So I think we'll go for a simple. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, we'll get whoever some new... you are, wherever you are. Something along those lines. Yeah, wherever you are, whoever you are, thank you for listening. And Charlie smells. Oh, no. That's... <laughs> <laughs> whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you for listening and have a good run. No, Charlie, okay. 
Jamie, you're going to have to cut this down a bit. Charlie, you've got to do it in, in, your, in your Jamie accent. Oh. <laughs> Why I? Whoever you are, wherever you are, have a good run. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll do another one, Jamie, and then you, could, you can choose an outro. We'll do lots. <laughs> then you can just choose one. I'm actually related to Sarah Millican. <laughs> Cheerio from Alistair. Cheerio. It's Cheerio from Slow Chaos. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> oh, God. Right, right. No, come on. Come on, we'll I do this. out of that. Uh, look forward to seeing what actually comes out of it. <laughs>